this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. back let me put the cheese it's away put them cheese it's away how's your throat obviously if you're eating cheese it's you're feeling better uh i am feeling better but it's still pretty vicious at the moment um this is like the worst version of strep throat i've ever conceived of being possible no more blowjobs for transformers <laughs> i have no idea what to even make of that sentence i think it's just a wise wise bit of advice to start off the show well, there goes my political career. <laughs> there it goes. Now, speaking of which, we're going to talk about that later. I don't want to start there. I want to warm them up first because I think we need to talk about that for sure. I'm trying to get this tea sure. cool enough that I could drink this right now. <laughs> Ironically, you're the one with the sore throat and I'm drinking throat coat tea. That stuff's pretty awesome. I've been drinking that stuff for like two weeks. It's fucking delicious. It's the, it's the licorice, I think, is what makes it. You know, I will say, though, that it's an acquired taste. I didn't like it when I first tried it, and uh, I've grown to like it much, much more. And now I, I have to have it like once a week or something feels wrong. Yeah, with the stevia, put a little a little bit of stevia in there, sweetens it up just enough, and it's like candy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like Papa's cough medicine. <laughs> so now we're, we are a three-man show. Yeah, I, I suspected that Tom would be a good fit. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. I heard most of the episode. And it was pretty awesome. It's interesting how uh, just how the pacing is different, like in a good way. It's just like for me, it's an interesting challenge because for you and I, I don't have to, I really don't even think about the pacing. It just happens. We've been doing it so long. It just happens naturally. But yep. with Tom, I have to learn a new skill because it's a different person. And it's not like um, like when I do an interview because... I mean, I feel like actually that first episode with Tom was more stylistically like when I do interviews because we're still ch- feeling each other's energy out. You know, like, sure. oh, does he pause here? Is is he pausing? Oh, no, he's not pausing. Can I interrupt here? Yeah, I'm going to interrupt here. <laughs> I will say, though, it didn't feel that way. Um, listening to it from from my perspective, and, and maybe it's because I've heard you do every possible kind of format. So it didn't feel that foreign, you know? 
Yeah, I think I feel like I was I was he was I know he was a little bit nervous. Um so I I was a little more um feisty than maybe I I always am. Sometimes I'm very serious. I noticed that in like listening when I went through and listened to all the episodes. I'm like, ooh, sometimes I am the gray cloud. Yeah, and 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 I think that we kind of feed off each other's energy. And I feel like the last couple of months have been really serious just because of what's been going on in my life. Um, but, you know, I go back through some of our older episodes too. And we're definitely, there are moments where we bounce back and forth with a different kind of energy. And I think lately the energy has just kind of been somber. Um, and a lot of that I think is, um, whether you choose to or not, I kind of pick some of the directions that we go. <laughs> and sometimes they're, those are not exactly the brightest moments. Well, I think that's what's going to be interesting about doing the show twice a week, once with you and then once with Tom, is now, like, say you and I go dark for, like, five weeks or whatever. Tom and I are probably going to be in a completely different direction. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll go dark, too. But just having that contrast and that uh, the ebb and flow of those two things, I think it's going to be... I mean, it's it's going to be fun for me. But I think for the audience, it's going to be very interesting because, you know... I don't know. I don't think anybody else has done something something like this before. It's an experiment in the sense that, you know, like it's the same show. It's not two podcasts. It's one. Most people would just split off and do another podcast. But I just, I don't see the point in that. Well, not only that, but I feel like as we move forward, you're going to add even more people into the fray. Um, and I, I feel like there's there's a natural evolution that comes along with it. Like maybe it becomes like an ensemble show. You know what I mean? Um, and we're more like Seinfeld in the sense that you're Jerry Seinfeld and the rest of us are all various cast members that live in apartments around you and we occasionally come and visit. And sometimes the episodes are about a particular person and their problems and sometimes you know, we all get together and we, we, we discuss the world as, as a whole. Like it, It's going to be really interesting when... Because I, I have a feeling you're not done yet um, adding people to the show. And when we add yet another person, it'll be fun to occasionally have the whole crew talking about something. Um, I, there's, there's, there's definitely a possibility for a very different energy there. Yeah, that's one of the things I really... I'm not going to go into this very, very long at the beginning. We'll talk about it later. But on the Patreon, which by the way, if you are the people who don't make it to the end of the episode, Holy Fool Productions. Patreon.com forward slash Holy Fool Productions. Support us on Patreon. But anyways, one of the things that would be really interesting to do on there would be to get you know at least you me and tom together and do like you know like some kind of it wouldn't be i wouldn't do live streaming because it's just too fucking complex with things when it comes to <laughs> sure when, I, when it comes to the technologies like oh is the wi-fi strong enough is the camera in the right place is speaker i would just record it and then <laughs> a video just and then post it but it'd be interesting to to see the dynamic of a group or bring in somebody that's been a guest or someone no one's ever seen before and then put those up for the patrons i think that'd be really fun do you think you're going to go safe first and find someone that we all know, or do you think you're going to just go off the wall and, you know, I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. I, like right now, I mean, I have like, for example, for everybody listening, um, the guests, me having guests on, that's not going away. Um, I'm still having guests on. As a matter of fact, I have a backlog of like four people that have approached me that I want to have on the show, but have come to me and said, I want to be on the show. And I had to put them off because I wanted to make sure that I got everything with Tom launched smoothly and you know like given another week so that we can feel our way through make sure we're into something because I've, I've had the tendency in the past before to take on more maybe not more than i can handle but maybe more than i should be handling 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> and, then, and then just get overwhelmed. Um, so I'm trying to take this smoothly. And then I'm just going to have on I have all these. One is one somebody that I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time. And they've just been busy. And then uh, a couple other people. It'll be fun. But then being able to get that into a steady thing where at least once a month I have a guest on. I don't know if it's going to be every week because the whole scheduling thing, it's just it's a pain in the ass. It really is, even with people you know. Um, but it's, it's fun. I'm, 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 I'm very optimistic about um, the way everything feels right now. It's, it's a lot of fun for me right now. And I, I think I've said this before. As long as we're having fun, I think it's good for everybody else too. Yeah, and it's, it's funny that it took us that long to figure that out. Like, hey, we should actually enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, you know who the first person who brought that up to me was uh, our friend Carlos, um, not a griot, but Latelier, who's been a who's been a guest actually um, when I was doing the show as Creative Minds. And one of the things he said was it's something along the lines of you know like he asked me if, if I was aware of you know how I was feeling when I was doing things, you know, and I was I never thought about that before. You know, like, am I am I paying attention? Like right now, am I paying attention to the fact that I'm sitting here and having this conversation, or am I acting in like a, a robotic sense? You know, we do that sometimes. Um, we we get in these robotic modes, and then we think we're present, but we're not. We've talked about presence a lot, so I don't need to go down that road. Well, that's a fun that's a fun synergistic thing, though. I was planning on talking about that in this episode. Mm, well, roll into it. Let's go there now because I don't need to talk about this stuff much longer. Um, man, this, this takes, this takes a quick dive. Um, quick dive. We'll come back. We'll bounce around. How's that? Okay. Um, well, I, I, I wrote a quick blog post recently about, um, regret not necessarily being that bad a thing. And mm. I think that this, this ties pretty closely into it, at least from where I was feeling it. Um, and that I don't think that regret in and of itself is necessarily a bad thing. It's like the word manipulation. The word manipulation has a negative connotation. Right. Um, but I think the word, the word for what it means, is not necessarily inherently negative. And I feel like regrets kind of the same thing. You know, it's just the idea that you wish you could have done something differently. And I think that, you know, it, it, throughout the course of of any kind of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship or a business relationship, you get into these moments where you fall into a routine, whether it's good or bad. And because most people, whether they like to admit it or not, um, find comfort in routine, even if that routine is damaging to the people involved, you still continue to do it because it's better to have it than to not have it. Um, and that's been really interesting to me as an idea lately. Yeah, because we're terrified of, of dangling out there without something to hold on to, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the tethers that hold us to our lives. I just busted out the big, the big, the big book to see what the... Let's see what the roots on regret are. Hmm? We haven't done that in a while. Whoa. Interesting. Uh, late Middle English from the old French regretter, which means to bewail the dead. Oh, jeez. That takes it a dark turn, doesn't it? Jeez, man. Even when we don't intend to, we go dark. One of, one of the few words probably in the English language that has uh, <laughs> slowly been neutered of, of in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like to use the regret colloquially as we use it now is... I, I'm a fan of the way we use it now. I don't know that I would always want it to mean uh, be bemoaning the dead or bewailing the dead. 
it's such a funny thing though, you know, like one of the things that I, I, I try to pride myself in, and you know, obviously it's a lifelong journey and I'm always working on it, but I try as best I can to maintain some kind of emotional objectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand, you know, the, the pain I cause and the pain that people cause me and how much of that is the other person versus me. And it's really interesting to see how much of those things become routine. Um, even if they're inherently negative, it's really bizarre actually. And, and the realization of, of those things as a person, for lack of a better way of saying it, sometimes it's such a subtle difference. What, let's, let's, let's take this from the abstract and get into something more tangible for maybe people who aren't grasping it. Well, give, me, give me a tangible... You don't have to use a real example of, your, of yourself, but make one up if you want. Yeah, screw it. I'll use a real example. Um, so in my previous relationship, um, I used to minimize the value of people um, in my life because I didn't want the person I was with to feel like they had less value. And over time, that became very much a routine for me is that I devalued a lot of the things and a lot of the people in my life to make that person feel comfortable. And that's by no fault of theirs. That is 100% me and, and the choice that I made as a person. But it's really weird to be aware of that after the fact. Yeah, that, I, mean, I definitely know that that is a very common thing to do. We, and it's not always a bad thing. Um, it's the extent, right? You know, you don't... Some people are do it wrong where they, they put their friends and everything above their significant other and then that person feels neglected. Sure. But then, but then there's the other way too where you're like, okay, um, I ditched all my friends. <laughs> sure. It's just you and me against the world. And people love that one. And that's a really dangerous one because I, I don't know... Um, I don't remember the statistics, but it's been proven that people who don't have friends outside of their immediate romantic relationship, I guess would be a way to say it, have very negative effects. Their relationships don't do as well. Sure. And I think there's another part to it. I think part of it also is that they have to have separate friends too, that they can't share the same friends 100%. You know, obviously they're going to share some. You know, like for example, um, say you are dating, um, we'll call her Jane, um, imaginary woman. Uh, you and Jane have, you know, four or five friends in common. But if you guys don't have just Lamb, Lamb doesn't have just friends and Jane doesn't have just friends, you're going to eventually tear each other apart. <laughs> and, I, and I will say that we went the opposite direction in our relationship in that we had no friends in common. And that was a huge problem in end of itself. Except for me. Well, yeah, but even so, like my, the, it has to be the same. And that's what I'm starting to figure out now is that it has to be the same level of presence. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a like, oh, you know, like you, you start dating somebody, you meet their friends, you're friendly with them, but they're not really your friends. Yeah, exactly. In, in, the, in the sense that you haven't bonded, not, not to belittle them, to use your word, but you haven't bonded with them the same way that that person has. Exactly. So, like that's her bestie and you're, she's not going to be your bestie, which is probably a good thing, but um, that usually is dangerous too. Anyways, relationships, friendships, all that stuff. Really gross and um, <laughs> gross in the in the frightening complexity of all of it and how it affects everything. And if we think about it too much, I think we nuke ourselves. Well, I guess the easier way for me to say it is this: um, Don't be afraid to look back. Um, don't be afraid to regret things. As long as you don't beat yourself up over them, then you're you're going to be just fine. It's not it's not at all a bad thing to look back on the things that you've done and learn from them, even if they're that emotionally close to you. And I think that. 
the exercise of doing that actually makes you a lot more emotionally strong and allows you to to be much more objective about who you are and what you've done. That ties into something that I didn't really plan on talking about, but I, I probably should have. Um, in the sense that, uh, so I, you know me, I've for years had this back pain that comes and goes, comes and goes. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to. It was years and years ago. It was something that I respected, like Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan. They had on somebody that seemed legit to me. And they had mentioned this book called Healing Back Pain by this uh, doctor named John Sarno. And I bought it, never read it. You know, it's one of those many things you just, you know, buy in an app or whatever, and it's just kind of sitting there. And uh, my back was starting to hurt a little bit recently. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to good use of my time Saturday afternoon. I'm just going to, it's a short book. I'm just going to read this book I'm, or I'm going to listen to it. It's just curious. You know, I don't know what the hell this thing's about. Let's just see what it, everybody, you know, everything that I'd heard about it was, it's great or whatever. So I read it and boil it down very basically. Basically what this guy says, he says, most of the things that we refer to as back pain are not injuries. He says, uh, it doesn't make sense for an injury in a back to last as long as it does. He says, that doesn't make sense in biology. He says, it, that's not what's going on. And he says, what he believes is going on is, so we have repressed emotions. And this is not a woo-woo guy. This is like a, he's a, a, legitimate, a legitimate MD. Um, is we pr- repress emotions. And when we do that, we create tension. We create tension in our muscles. And what he believes happens is when there's enough tension in your muscle for a long enough period of time that it starts to deprive the nerves of oxygen. And then that causes the pain. And that's why he, there's a lot, there's kind of a lot more to this than, um, than even he goes in the book because things have happened since he wrote the book. I think it was written in the 90s. Um, but they've, you know, since the 90s, they do less and less back surgeries because what they found out was they were doing back surgeries. And then people would feel better and then they would go back to where they were before. So the back surgeries weren't actually doing anything. And that kind of fits into what he's been saying here. He says, the problem isn't the actual mechanisms of the back. It's the repressed emotions. And he says, the number one most repressed emotion people have is anger. Oh, sure. And so I'm listening to this and I'm thinking about it. So I'm I'm 